Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry, bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to bring the Word to you. We're just so grateful that you're listening in or watching, however it is that you're connecting with us. Again, let us hear from you. Praise God. Give us a testimony. Tell us how things are going. Amen. Or maybe uh, you have a prayer request. We can connect our faith with yours. Praise God. And get you a breakthrough, a miracle, whatever it is that you need. Praise God. Again, we're going to jump right back into the Word of God on our midweek service. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Praise God. We probably got all this, this verse here memorized by now, right? Now, all these things happen to them, talking about the children of Israel in context, as examples, and they were written for our admonition or our instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, no matter how many times you go back to this, praise God, you can glean and you can learn some things, praise the Lord. Now, of course, what we've been doing, uh, been talking about our patriarchs of faith and our midweek services um, pretty much the whole year. And uh, we have in the last several weeks, um, probably we could maybe refer to it as a series within a series, maybe. We've been talking about silencing the enemy. And we've been bringing out as an example with the life of Jehoshaphat in um, first. Chron or pardon me, Second Chronicles 20, all right, and verse 1 through 23, like in there. We just kind of took about 20 verses in there, and I'm not going to go to it today, but uh, again, it's about a man, a leader, um, a king that uh, was uh, being attacked. Him and his people were being attacked by multiple armies. They came together and closed, you know, kind of boxed them in. So he did what a good leader should do. Amen. What did he do? He sought God, went after God, got the word of the Lord from God. Of course, the Lord gave him a word what to do um, through the prophet. Of course, he followed that. Amen. And, uh, and then kind of added his own little twist to it just to, you know, basically assure the fact that he's trusting God in this. And so the Lord instructed him uh, that the battle was not his, that he was not going to have to take up arms, but he did have to go out and face his enemy. He had to deal with fear, had to deal with uh, any kind of discouragement or dismay or any kind of panic, all right, had to deal with that, and then had to go out and face their enemy. And so what Jehoshaphat did, of course, is what makes such a great, uh, you know, great story is the fact that he believed in what God had said, and he believed in what the prophet told him, praise God, and as a result of it, he, uh, instead of putting out the you know, putting out the warriors, he put out the praisers, praise God, all right? And he, and of course, they began to praise God and worship God, and that really just shows a, an element of trust and faith in God. And when they did that, of course, as they moved toward their enemy, the enemy turned on itself, and by the time they got up to their enemy, the enemy had already consumed itself, praise God. Now they are no more. What a great testimony of hearing God, following God, praise God, and then seeing a great victory because you trusted in God. Amen. So with that said, we took uh, a week or two, and we, we kind of came out of uh, uh, James 4, and we began to talk about submitting ourselves to God and then resisting the enemy because this whole part of the series here really is talking about resistance, resisting our enemies. you gotta, you got to face your enemy. You can't you can't just, you know, hide out in the, in the basement, so to speak. You can't just, you know, uh, sit back and, and watch television and, while everybody else does the fighting. Amen. You got to get out there. And sometimes the Lord does instruct you that it is uh, His battle. And sometimes He instructs you to pick up arms and get after it, praise God. Regardless, 
no matter how many times or wherever you see it in the scriptures about the Lord talking to uh, his people about their enemy, about how to deal with it, he always, it's, it's very obvious that they always have to face their enemy. Nowhere in there does it say tuck tail and run or hide or do nothing. There's always something that you need to do in the area of facing your enemy. And we know that if you face your enemy, praise God, he flees in stark terror, praise God. Amen. So what I did the last, last week is I took some time and kind of went into different areas, mostly out of the New Covenant, talking about areas where God may lead you in the area of resistance, you know, as far as what to do, all kinds of things. I touched on the armor of God, primarily focused more about the sword of the Spirit. But today I want to go back. I felt in my heart I need to go back to Ephesians chapter 6, please. And I want to talk more about the armor in the area of our resistance to the enemy, praise God. So we're going to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians 6. Hallelujah. Again, it's a common text, but I want, to, I want you to kind of hear it in the light of uh, resisting our enemy. And let's read through it. I think I'm going to just start at verse 10, kind of read through it, and then I'm going to kind of come back up and we'll kind of you know, dissect it as we go down. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, he repeats himself, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, Stand therefore, here we go, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, amen, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, and our part with all perseverance, there we go, and supplication for all the saints. So you see here another text of really about resisting your enemy, okay? And like I said, last week I kind of, uh, kind of shot through that real quick, just primarily because I want to talk about the, the sword of the Spirit. Today I want to kind of talk about the rest of this. And uh, verse 10 again, it says, Finally, my brethren, praise God, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. Now, let's uh, define some of this. The word uh, to be strong means to be empowered, enabled, infused, increased in strength. I kind of like to put in here, you know, adding his super to your natural, right, which creates that supernatural, praise God. In fact, the amplified of this verse says this. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. I like that part in the amplifier. Be empowered through your union with Him. And I believe that this verse 10 is saying the same thing to us that it did in, in James 4 about submission to God because this is what it's talking about. You go to God first, all right? You get yourself empowered. Get yourself strengthened. Okay, this word here, be strong, be empowered in the Lord, praise God. Now, this word in the Lord 
Uh, it refers to comply or yielding to, uh, literally refers to submitting to his lordship. In other words, being willing to let him lead. Okay, that's what it's talking about, being strong in the Lord. Okay, so in other words, you're positioning yourself to be led. All right, that's what he's talking about. And then, and it says, in the power of his might. So again, it's talking about complying or yielding or submitting to, but it's talking more about his ability now to carry you through whatever it is you have to deal with, right? It's in him that we live and move and have our being, right? So not only is it talking about being strong in the Lord, in other words, in, other words, in his uh, ability to lead you, but in his power, his might, his strength, his, his ability to carry you through it, all right? So again, it's just another way of saying, submit yourself to God first. That's where it starts. Go to God first. As uh, Jehoshaphat did, the first thing he did is sought God, went to God, amen. Went for a word, tried to get hear from God. Show me, lead me, direct me, whatever it is, Lord, you need me to do. That's what I want to do here, praise God. And that's the same thing here. We're seeing even though this whole thing, we, a lot of times we, we you know, speed read through this, talking about the armor of God, but it says that first, form, uh, first and foremost uh, starts with going to God, getting from God, your empowerment, your leading, whatever it is, amen, to move forward in the area of your resistance, praise God. So then it says, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen. You know, it says the whole armor. And I'm just going to say this statement. Uh, I'm assuming this may come up more than once. We'll see how this service goes. But, you know, with, uh, with no armor, you become an easy target, okay, for the enemy if you, if you don't put the armor on. All right? If you have kinks in the armor, and maybe I'll say it this way, if you're not putting on the whole armor, okay, or you're only putting on a piece or two of this, all right, then what happens, there's, that, that means vulnerability to the enemy. If you don't put any of it on, you're just an easy target. If you, if you got kinks in the armor or you're lacking pieces of the armor, that spells vulnerability, all right? So the enemy, you, again, probably become, you know, an easy pick, okay? The enemy just kind of finds that little, little area that you're, uh, you know, you're not covered in. So, again, it says, put on the whole armor of God, all right? And you notice it says the armor of God, praise God. So you're putting on his armor, praise God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, okay? Now this, uh, you notice it says that you can stand. So you now, again, we're, we're, we're showing you here, he's saying you're going to have to face your enemy, okay? He's saying the same thing we've been talking about the last few weeks. You still have to face your enemy, okay? So you can stand against, oppose, right, resist, the enemy, that's what it refers to, amen. And it says here, the wiles of the devil, which the word wiles is methodia, which means literally means a, uh, with a road, and I'll explain that here in a second. But it talks about the scheming or trickery. But it refers, uh, refers to a roadway that's traveled over and over and over again. Now, the reason that is because you have to remember the enemy, the enemy, you know, he's, he's watched you grow up, so to speak. He's watched, uh, you know, your everyday uh, activities. He knows uh, the little weaknesses. He knows the areas that he can push your buttons. And, uh, you know, there's areas he can, you know, kick those doors in real easy. You know, it's just, it's amazing. And so uh, you have to understand that the enemy, you know, he kind of has this way of just always getting to you, praise God. So you have to learn that you got to put on the whole armor or else he just keeps coming back in those same areas and keeps hitting you. Now, I want to throw this out. I think that sometimes, you know, when we look at the armor of God, you're thinking, okay, you know, it's, it, you know, he talks about 
you know, physical armor, but you know as well as I do, it's not that you have an actual set of armor sitting at home and put on this metal piece of, you know, armament every, every day. We know it's talking about something, you know, more or less in, in the unseen. He's just kind of giving you an analogy to kind of give you an example of what he's referring to. But even though it is a, it is a spiritual battle, is what we're going to see here, you know, it's a spiritual battle, but you have to understand that really it's about mental warfare. Um, and I'm going to explain that here in a minute, but it's about mental warfare, okay? And as you kind of look at this armor, you know, in, a, in kind of this light, it kind of makes some sense about when he says, put on the whole armor of God, you know? It's about, you know, putting on. In other words, it's about renewing that mind, getting that mind, amen, uh, set, praise God, concerning some of these areas that the enemy tries to, uh, tries to hit you with. Because the main attack that the enemy does is a mental attack. It says here the, uh, the wiles of the devil, okay? So, uh, you know, talking about the scheming and the plotting, okay, the manipulation, okay? It's areas he comes at you maybe on a, on a consistent basis to attack your life in, you know? Um, the Word says this in 2 Corinthians in, in uh, chapter 2, I believe it is, in verse 11, and it says, you know, to not be ignorant of Satan's devices, okay? To not be ignorant of Satan's devices devices, okay, which means that you could be. Now, uh, you know, the idea is to not, not let yourself become vulnerable in the area of, of being ignorant to what the enemy does, but it says devices, which is a word that refers to mental trips, okay, head trips, uh, thought patterns, and things that the enemy tries to hit you in the mind. So not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. So when we're talking about the wiles of the devil, that's a major part of it, okay? The enemy comes at you through mental attack, okay, to somehow, uh, you know, manipulate you to get you to come under something or to somehow uh, usurp, usurp his authority over you, amen? And uh, so that's, that's how he works, okay? That's a, primarily how he works, all right? So we stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, another thing that, uh, the word says, and I, I, um, I don't know if I have time to turn there. Maybe I will, uh, but Luke 4, I'll just quickly read it. Um, the word says this in Luke 4 and 13. It says, now, uh, when the devil had ended every temptation. Now, this is when, remember, Jesus uh, went to the Mount of Temptation. The enemy came at him with temptations. Okay, it said this. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, talking about Jesus, until an opportune time came. Now, the reason I want to just throw that out there, that's why we have to put the armor on all the time. Because you have to, you know, the enemy's coming at you, it says, to not be ignorant of, of you know, how he, you know, the mental trips that come, and he's trying to look for an advantage, he's trying to look for an opportunity, okay, to slide in there. That's why you always put the armor on, amen. Uh, because, as I said earlier, and I'm going to say it again, no armor, you become an easy target. If you have kinks in the armor, and this is what I'm kind of talking about right now, in other words, you're missing pieces of the armor or you just, you just flat not aware of what each piece does, uh, it becomes a kink in the armor, and what happens is now you, it spells vulnerability. In other words, you're going to be vulnerable now to the enemy. And that's where he comes in these areas, these, maybe these same games, these same mental trips, 
head trips or whatever that he plays on people. He's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for the advantage in your life, all right? That's why you've got to face your enemy, put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Anyway, enough said of that. So it says here uh, that you may not be, or that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, which to me just says this, okay? My fight's not with people. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes there's people that yield to the enemy and become, uh, become an obstacle or become maybe a problem once in a while. I'm not, not taken away from that. And uh, there's ways of dealing with that. Amen. But if you go into this thing with the understanding that your fight's not with flesh and blood, but what's behind that, okay? But it's, again, what? Principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, that is just, really, it's just different levels or different realms of, uh, of darkness, okay? Uh, different, uh, you know, degrees of, of darkness, okay, is really what it is. It's really just, uh, you know, we've done actual full studies on this and just kind of show you at, 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 you know, where the enemy tries to hit at what levels and that kind of stuff. And it's just really talking about different realms of darkness, okay? And that's what it's talking about. But the bottom line is it's all subject to the name of Jesus, and you have authority over all of it. So it ain't like one devil's bigger and, and harder to, to take down than another devil if, if, you, if you know who you are, all right? Now, uh, granted, you may have to come at it different. You may have to look at it different. And again, this just kind of confirms some of the things we've been talking about. You know, we're talking about going to God to get, you know, you know submit yourself to God to get your direction, your clarity on what you need to do to resist because depending on what it is you're dealing with, okay, may determine how you attack this. But first and foremost, you know, understand that your fight's not with flesh and blood, and that's what the enemy wants you to think. The enemy wants, wants you to think your neighbor's your problem or your, uh, your business is, uh, you know, your, your place of employment's the problem or the government's the problem or, uh, you know, your church is the problem or whatever it is, your spouse is the problem, your kids are the problem or whatever it is, okay, we... Uh, you know, you go on and on in, about this, but the enemy tries to get you all caught up in that. That's part of his head trip. It's just, just start seeing everybody else around you as your problem. And the idea is that it isn't, okay? You have one enemy, all right? Now, again, we, we can see it on multiple levels of, of realms of darkness kind of a thing as far as, uh, you know, how, you know, this, this text bringing out. But the bottom line is still one enemy, all right? And you have authority over all of it, amen? And you have a God that will lead you through it, praise God. So again, to me, this just kind of confirms again that, uh, you know, you go to God, you get your, uh, get your clarity on what you need to do, how to resist, and when you do that, praise God, you, you get yourself a breakthrough. Now, of course, this text is talking about the armor of God, but let's move on. It says this, uh, verse 13 now, uh, therefore... He repeats himself, take up, amen, because of all this. You know, I always say when you see the word therefore, you got to stop and see what it's there for, right? Of course, he just talks about where your fight is, okay? It's not with people, but it is a fight, and there is an enemy, all right? He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able, here we go, this time it says uh, withstand, or that word resist again, amen, in, here it says, this time it says in the evil day, okay? Now, this word evil day just means, uh, uh, evil in effect or influence, but it's really talking about something that's bad or ill, but it's talking about a day of pressure. So in other words, in the evil day or the day of pressure. So in other words, amen, if you will, if you will put on the whole armor, you'll be able to stand, okay, or resist, 
or withstand, amen, in the day of pressure, no matter what it is, all right? And it goes on, and having done all to stand, and doing your thing, right, doing all you know to do, what do you do then? You stand, therefore. Now, somebody says, you know, I've done all this, I've, I've done this, done that, done that. What else do I need to do? Well, just keep standing, praise God. Sometimes it's just a matter of staying with it, sticking with it, praise God. Sometimes the, the reason the enemy wins sometimes in people's lives is he just, he just outlasts you, you know. I've seen that multiple times where people, you know, have a tendency, you know, they might resist at first, they might take a stand at first, but then they get a little tired and then they're backing up, and because they're backing up, the enemy just keeps taking, slides in there and keeps taking. And that might be one of those areas of vulnerability, okay. He knows that if he just outlasts you a little bit, you know, you may say, I'm going to stand for three days. He says, fine, then I'll hang out here for four days. And I'm just saying, that's kind of how this enemy works, okay? And uh, that's why you got to settle it. Having done all to stand, you stand. Amen. You just settle it, all right? I put on the armor. That's what I do. I'm going to, I'm going to resist my enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not backing up. I'm not quitting. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to do what it takes to get me a victory. Praise God. And then it begins to go here in verse 14. It begins to talk about the, uh, the different pieces of armament, all right? And it says this, having gird your waist with truth. Okay, the first one, the belt of truth, amen? And I'm going to say this before I get any further into any of these. There is no way that I'm going to exhaust these subjects by any means. I'm just going to try to, within a service here, talk about the different pieces. You know, we have done full ser- our full uh, series on these things. Uh, you know, take a, a week or two just talking about each piece of armament because there is a lot to look at. But let's just today, we'll just kind of briefly kind of bring them up, talk about it in the area of just, uh, you know, our spiritual uh, battle, amen, in the area of our resistance, amen. And, uh, and again, seeing it, again, seeing it in the area of the mental warfare, okay, hang on now. So the belt of truth. Well, the word truth here means to be true. It refers to integrity of character, genuineness, sincerity, being real, Nothing hidden, okay? So it's talking about overcoming things like facade, falsehood, hypocrisy, um, a portrayal of what is not. In other words, avoiding what's, what's real. That's what this, that's what this uh, word's talking about. Well, the reason you put this piece of armament on is because the last thing you need to be doing is be phony, okay? Uh, have, you know, there's no, no realness about it. A lot of times I've heard people say, well, it's talking about truth. It's talking about the word. No, the word is the sword. You're going to get to that in a little bit here. But truth here starts out when it's talking about put the bell of truth. You know, it says it first. And to me, it's, it's critical because if you're not going to be real, in other words, real with yourself, real with God, real with others, okay, if, if you're going to be, uh, you know, have playing facade, you know, always got some kind of hidden agenda, um, you know, you're not going to get real about where you're at and, and, and you know, basically uh, in your stand and in, in where you're at in your walk. Uh, if you're not going to get real about that, you have to understand that you're already now playing on the enemy's field because he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. Okay, he ain't living, you know, he's always telling lies. He's always, uh, you know, covering up the truth, so to speak. Okay, so if you're going to live you know, in a falsehood about where you're at, uh, you know, about, you know, you know, maybe whatever it is God begins to talk to you about, lead you through, and you're going to act like, no, nah, it's not a problem or whatever. See, what happens is now you, you're automatically giving the, the enemy the upper hand. 
That's why the belt of truth is so critical. Now, you think about this in the area of mental warfare, okay? And this is the way I, I kind of see it. I feel like um, sometimes we, we, we know us. We know ourselves. And uh, we may not be where we want to be spiritually. It happens. You know, sometimes we might feel like we're not where we need to be. And so we, uh, you know, don't know, you know, we don't want everybody else to think that we're not where we need to be or whatever. And, and so we get maybe insecure or maybe a little more self-conscious about our, our, our you know, ourselves. And uh, uh, one uh, years ago heard a statement, you know, the paralysis of self-analysis, you know, uh, sometimes that, it'll, you know, you sit here and you study your life and you think, I, you know, I'm not where I need to be. I wish I was better. I wish this, I wish that. And then you sit and you paralyze yourself. And really, all it is, is, is you have to recognize it, it's mental warfare. It's the enemy who's bringing that kind of accusation towards you, all right? Trying to get you to see yourself as less than. Then what happens is then the temptation of not being real because you don't like yourself where you're at or you don't, you know, you're not happy with how things are going. So we kind of play a little bit of a facade, and it happens. Uh, you get caught up in that. Problem is, it's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere, except um, really uh, the enemy just wins in that area. So to me, it starts with the belt of truth, being real, amen. That doesn't mean you got to go tell everybody all your problems. Please don't do that. As a pastor, I'm telling you, please don't do that, okay? That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about literally within. You got to learn to be, uh, be okay in here with where you're at. Amen. And, and uh, you know, who you are. Amen. Uh, now, that doesn't mean you stay there. There's nowhere in the book does it say, you know, uh, God accepts you where you're at but just, and just stay there. No, he accepts you and loves you right where you're at. Praise God. But you still have to move forward. You still got to grow. You still got to develop. But you got to be okay with you. All right. Don't get caught up with insecurities and all that kind of stuff with self -con being so self-conscious that you beat yourself up. Okay. And, and you just have to understand that you got to get real, amen. Um, you know, so uh, you know, so the enemy doesn't have an in row here because if you're gonna you're gonna be fake, you're gonna be you know facade. Uh, if you're if you're not if you're gonna have hidden agenda all the time, then you've already given the enemy place, and it's just a matter of time, and he'll consume you because that's an in row for him uh, to keep taking out of your life. Praise God. Anyway, praise God. Um, I want to say this uh, again, remember, no armor, easy target, uh, kinks in the armor or lacking pieces of the armor means vulnerability, okay? So you definitely don't want to go without your belt, all right? And, of course, you can get your own picture with that one. But anyway, the bottom line is the belt of truth is dealing with a sense of realness, okay, uh, and, and not playing a facade, okay? you got to be real, I mean, especially if you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to resist your enemy, and if you're going to move forward in God, you got to get real, okay? Okay, but the next piece of armament really is pretty key. I think, again, the timing of it's perfect because after you start getting real with yourself, now the enemy sometimes might kind of take it to the extreme and get you to feel all beat up and condemned and full of shame and guilt because uh, you're, you know, maybe not measuring up in certain areas of your life, okay? And it happens. Here comes the enemy now, and if he can't get you coming, he's going to get you going, okay? If he can't convince you of this, he'll try this, okay? That's, that's how the enemy works. And again, it's mental games, okay? 
you know, you, you, you're concerned about being real because of what everybody's think or whatever. And so you, you might, because of your insecurities and, and stuff, you might kind of uh, play, uh, you know, play the fake for a while or, uh, you know, be hypocritical in certain areas of your life, maybe facade, whatever. But once you make a decision, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Now the, the enemy comes at you in an area where, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you up because of the mistakes you make. Well, we all make mistakes. Ain't no doubt about it. So it's a good thing you put the next piece of armor on. Amen. Talk, talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Okay. And to me, that's, it's, it, it is the next thing. Praise God. When you get real, now you need the breastplate, right? Because uh, rightness, uh, righteousness refers to being right or in a place of right standing with God. And to me, it is probably one of the, it literally was one of the first and probably one of the most um, critical revelations that I got in my life early on in my walk, mainly because I wasn't, I, you know, when I got saved, got into this thing, I had a lot, I did a lot of things wrong. Okay. I didn't do everything right. Okay. Uh, seemed like I was always maybe because I was so intense or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just an excuse, but the bottom line was I always seemed like I, uh, you know, doing things wrong, saying it wrong, uh, still kind of had some issues with my life, my walk, and all that. And so it's real easy then the enemy hits you with mental thought, mental attack about, you know, guilt and shame because you're not measuring up. Uh, because the fact that you're, you're not being a good uh, blue ribbon sheep, so to speak. Amen. And so he comes at you with condemnation, with guilt, with shame, depending on what it is you're dealing with. All right. And you have to put on that breastplate of righteousness. Okay. And understand that you're in right standing with God based on what Jesus did. Had nothing to do with you. Now, again, righteousness is not holiness. Okay, a lot of people mix that. I don't know why they do because they're two different things. Okay, righteousness is about being in a place of rightness with God based on not, you know, pardon me, not based on anything you've done or haven't done. It's based on what He's done. All right, you received. Amen. See, the word says you become the righteousness of God in him through Christ, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 tells us that, all right? And again, we could do full-blown messages on this, a series of messages on this, because uh, the scriptures have a lot to say about you being in right standing with God. But you have to first and foremost understand that if you don't put this breastplate on, then you're going to be constantly condemned, constantly uh, full of shame or guilt. Okay, so the enemy just has a heyday with you mentally if you don't put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because regardless of what the enemy says, regardless of what your life maybe even is talking at the moment, regardless of your past, so remember, you're not your history. You are who he says you are. And one of those things he says you are is the righteousness of God. You're in right standing with him based on what Jesus did. When you receive Christ, amen, hallelujah, there you go. It's based on what he's done now, not based on what you've done. Now, that doesn't excuse sin. That doesn't condone sin. That didn't, uh, you, know, uh, you know, allow for sin. What it does is it helps you overcome sin. Because when you realize who you are, amen, you begin to conquer. You begin to overcome. But right here is an area where the enemy tries to attack. All right, he, he comes at you in the area of condemnation and guilt, okay? 
Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's why you got to put on that piece of armor. Amen. The breastplate of righteousness. Praise God. Amen. Hope you're getting something here. All right. Let's see here. So what do we got next here? Let's go down here to, let's see. So verse 14, let's verse 15 now. Here's the next one. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. Shod your feet. Now, let me just define some of this. The word feet being shod really refers to going forward. It talks about forward motion, about taking ground or standing your ground. Now, hang on to that. Okay, the word peace here is talking about the gospel of peace. Of course, gospel means good news, right? But gospel of peace, the word peace means that which is complete or whole. Uh, it refers to set at one again, which means to bring things back to divine order. Set at one means it, it brings things back to the way it's supposed to be, is what this word means. It means the rule, the rule of order in the place of chaos. The rule of order in the place of chaos. Okay, so let's now look at this. And having shod your feet with the preparation or being made ready with the gospel or of the gospel, it says here, of peace. So what it's talking about here, again, is about you standing your ground. That's why you want to get your feet shod. You're standing your ground, amen, and at the same time understanding some things about you're called to make things right, make things better make things complete, bring things back into divine order. Amen. That's another, another piece of armament, okay, that is necessary. Okay, the Amplified says it this way, having shod your feet in preparation, here we go, to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability, the promptness and readiness produced by the good news, the gospel of peace. I love that, to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability, praise God. Now you say, okay, so what's that meaning? Well, you've been designed to move forward. Um, you've been designed to take ground. The Word says, you know, in Ephesians 5 and 8, it talks about, you know, walking, uh, you know, in fact, uh, just next page over, walk as, a children, walk as children of light. There's a way that you walk, a way that you take ground, move forward. Amen. Uh, back in... Even Joshua 1, it brings out, you know, that every place the sole of your foot treads, I've given unto you, praise God. So the idea is that we're always called to move forward and take ground, but it isn't just, just to take ground. It's about making a difference is what it's referring to, okay, with the preparation of the gospel of peace, okay, a message that brings wholeness, okay, so you're moving forward, you're facing your enemy, you're moving forward and making a difference everywhere you go. You bring a message of wholeness, of removing chaos, making everything, uh, you know, uh, bringing order in the place of chaos. Now you say, okay, so what's that have to do with the mental game? Well, how many times does the enemy tell you you can't? Or it, it won't happen? Or uh, maybe tells you, you know, how can I make a difference? Or what can I do? These are all kinds of things that the enemy tries to hit you with, okay? You have to understand, put on, you know, you know every piece of the armor. No armor, amen, you're an easy target. Come on now. Uh, you know, pieces of armor or, or a kink in the armor, vulnerability. Same thing here. You got to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, you got to put on those shoes, amen, Face your enemy, 
and keep moving forward. And you can't listen to the lies of the enemy that you can't make a difference. You know, I found that most Christians, if they just move forward, pretty soon they start finding who they are. They start finding their place. Pretty soon their gifts and their callings begin to come into fruition, all because they've really shod their feet, okay, and they've moved forward. And pretty soon the Spirit of God begins to, uh, in a sense, maneuver you or position you, maybe is a better word, uh, in, in who you've been designed to be. Most people just, they, they, they listen to those thoughts that I can't, or how can I help, or what difference could I make, or, you know, uh, uh, whatever. I mean, we can kind of go on and on with that, but the bottom line is that's, that's a, 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 a mental uh, warfare. That's the enemy hitting you mentally. That's uh, uh, one of those devices, okay, one of the wiles of the enemy, come on, trying to get you to not do anything, to just quit, to just sit down and do nothing, all right? Scripture says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and that just means casualness, okay? And the enemy wants to kind of lull you to sleep, get you casual. Pretty soon what happens is you're not doing, you're not taking ground, you're not moving forward, you're not doing what you're designed to do, you lost a loss of purpose. And, uh, you know, because he's got you talked into just doing nothing. And uh, that's dangerous, all right? Um, you know, it's, it's just not, uh, you know, I, I, I look at, at some believers, you know, being uh, pastoring for, you know, 30 years, um, you know, and I was involved in youth ministry several years prior to that. And you see a lot of Christians who walk around with no purpose. And most of it is because the enemy's convinced them, okay, to do nothing, convince them to not move forward in their walk. And uh, so they don't, they don't, in other sense, they haven't got their feet shod, right? Come on now, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. I have found that every believer can do something. Amen. You just move forward. You'd be amazed how God uses you. You know, you look at the scriptures, you look at the old covenant, new covenant, both. You see individuals that you look at their life, you know, if you would have saw them, met them, uh, personally, you might have looked at them and thought, you know, maybe they ain't, ain't got nothing going for them or something. You know, they may think maybe they're, you know, uh, you know, maybe they're not going to be anything great. And they turn out to be something, something supernatural. God does something with their life. You know, you, you see those Gideons, you know, that, uh, you know, they, they're kind of, they'd rather hide out. Instead, all of a sudden, they, they come into this mighty man of valor, you know. Well, they would have never known that if they wouldn't have received what God said and started moving forward, all right? And uh, it's the same in our life. We can get so caught up in just not doing anything because the enemy's convinced us we don't make a difference. And then you don't do anything, and you don't gain any ground, and you don't get anything done, and you live an unfulfilled life. And that's not what we're called to do. So get your feet shod, amen, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, verse 16, above all, taking, here we go, the shield of faith. Okay, this is verse 16. Uh, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So let's look at that. Of course, the word faith, uh, pistis, belief, persuasion, conviction, reliance, dependence, assurance, trust, confidence. These are all synonyms to this word faith, okay? And then it says, if you get down here, uh, the fiery darts, talking about really those, those uh, literally means uh, missiles that are being hurled. Um, um, and so to quench the fiery darts talks about extinguishing those fiery darts or those missiles that have been hurled at you. Now, again, think about that in the area of thoughts, okay, coming at you. Here comes the enemy now hitting you with thoughts. 
primarily what you see with this is fear, um, anxiety, panic, you know, these kind of things, unbelief maybe, causing you to flinch or to waver on things. And that's what the enemy's trying to get you to do. So what do you do? Well, you lift up the shield of faith. A shield of faith, amen. Here comes all these kind of things. Here comes all these things the enemy's hurling at you. And it makes it pretty clear it's coming from the wicked one. So it ain't like it's thoughts from, you know, it's, it's talking about the enemy. The enemy's hurling things at you. Well, how do you beat that? Well, you, you do it with your faith. You put your confidence in God regardless of what it looks like. What you're doing is you're lifting up that shield of faith. Amen. It quenches or extinguishes those things that have been hurled at you. And uh, you take your stand, praise God. Amen. You put your confidence in God, your assurance in God, your faith in God. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's how, that's how this thing works. Amen. You begin to stand on the fact that, uh, that my God's greater, my God's bigger. Amen. Uh, you know, Instead of uh, telling everybody how, uh, you know, how uh, big your enemy is, tell everybody how big your God is. Amen. And so uh, that's what you have to do. You know, you start bragging on God, start giving God thanks, amen, for your breakthroughs. And even though you may not see everything in manifestation yet, you, you put your faith out there and begin to stand your ground, amen, and you extinguish those lies of the enemy, we could say. Okay, all kinds of things. You know, um, I was thinking about uh, unbelief, for instance. You know, uh, unbelief, when you kind of look at the word unbelief, it just means to unbelieve. Okay, it's like, you, it's like your believer is plugged in and then all of a sudden it's unplugged. You know what I'm saying? And the word doubt is a word, that, it comes from a, a Greek word that means uh, dis or twice or again. That's, you know, so it's talking about uh, you know, a second thought coming. Now, the reason I'm mentioning that is because when you start thinking about things being hurled at you by the enemy, he's just trying to get you to unplug your believer or to take another thought. So sometimes those things coming at you are thoughts of doubt, thoughts of unbelief, okay? So if you just stay plugged in, you just keep that shield intact, amen, hallelujah, you'd be amazed how much stuff gets quenched. I mean, sometimes there's so much hurled at you in the course of a day, especially if you're standing in an area of your life. Maybe you're standing concerning your health or, or maybe, a, uh, you know, maybe a financial breakthrough of something you need or something doing, uh, dealing with your home, your marriage, your family, whatever it may be. The point is this, okay, that stuff can be hurled at you all the time trying to get you to back up and quit on these areas. But if you just say, I refuse to quit, amen, I'm standing my ground. My God is able. There ain't nothing too hard for my God. Amen. Nothing's impossible for the Lord. Nothing's impossible for those who believe. Praise God. And I'm a believer. I stand my ground. My God meets my needs. My God heals, delivers, sets the captives free. I mean, you begin to do that. What are you doing? You've got that shield of faith up. Praise God. And you'd be amazed at how much of that literally is extinguished. Uh, amen. That stuff that, uh, what's, what's the, uh, my trend says quench, right? Quench or extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one, praise God. So I encourage you, praise God, stay in a place of faith. Amen. You'd be amazed how much of that mess just gets extinguished, amen, or uh, gets quenched if you just stay in faith, praise God. Amen. What's the next one then? Then it talks about, verse 17, taking the helmet of salvation. Amen. Now, a lot of times people talk about this word salvation. They say, well, talking about just know you're saved. Well, 
there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, you better know you're saved. Uh, but this word here um, is soterion, is the Greek word for salvation, which the normal word for you know, salvation in the area of being born again or saved in that sense is the word soteria, okay? But this one's soterion, okay? Which is referring to defense or a defender, to defend or, to defend or preserve, okay? So when you think about it now, uh, the word helmet is a word just an encirclement, that which covers, so we know for a fact it's talking about the head, keeping that helmet on, praise God, hallelujah, in an area of defense. Now think about that in an area of all we've been talking about, okay? Because the enemy's he's aiming for the head. That's what he wants. He wants to get to your head. You know, you have to understand that really the enemy has absolutely no authority or dominion over you. He can't do anything to you unless you let him. Now, the only way you're going to, you know, the only way that you're going to, you know, yield to that is by a mental, mentally accepting it, okay? So here he comes now, says that you ain't never going to win, and then you buy into that and believe that, but you got to put the helmet of salvation on. Put that helmet of defense on, okay? So you're not, you know, taking in every negative thought that hits you. In fact, I just maybe like to see it in the area, you know, uh, see it in this light that the enemy's always hitting you with negativity all the time, okay? Man, especially in the world that we live in nowadays, it's just amazing how much the enemy is trying to get people to just get negative, you know, come get down in the dump, so to speak, come under that mess, okay? Uh, you know, that defeat mentality, okay? Well, put on the helmet, amen? Don't let the enemy talk you into this mess. Come on now. Stand your ground, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Take a stand against the enemy. You know, you don't, you don't curse it. You don't nurse it, praise God. You don't rehearse it, praise God. Instead, we reverse it, praise God. So here comes all these thoughts. You lift that shield of faith and say, I refuse to go down that road. I refuse to think that way, act that way, talk that way, praise God. Hallelujah. I got the helmet of salvation on, man. I'm being protected, praise God. The enemy ain't getting into my head, amen. Hallelujah. I know who I am in Christ. I know where I'm headed. I know what uh, God has uh, planned for me, praise God. I'm an I'm a overcomer. I'm a world uh, I mean, world overcomer. I'm a, a more than a conqueror. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm victorious in Christ. I'm triumphant. Praise God. I mean, you, you just start doing that. What are you doing? Praise God. Well, you're lifting that shield. Praise God. You got your helmet intact. Praise God. And really all of it's happening with the next piece with the sword of the spirit, which is, of course, something we talked about primarily last week because it's dealing with the fact a two-edged sword coming out your mouth. In other words, hallelujah, the word of God Amen. Being spoke out your mouth. Amen. Standing and opposing your enemy. So in all of this, how do you fight back? Well, first off, put the armor on so he's not getting through. But secondly, you got to swing that sword. You got to speak the word of God. That no matter what it is that you're you're under attack with, no matter what uh, kind of area the enemy's hitting you with. Understand that there is a there is a word, there's a promise, there's something in the gospel, there's something in the scriptures that you can stand, amen, that you can declare, that you can speak, praise God, amen. Swing that sword, praise God. Let the enemy have it, praise God, with the word of God. Put the armor on and swing your sword, praise God. Hallelujah. And again, this is just another way, amen, of defeating your enemy, silencing your enemy, putting your enemy in his place like 
like he should be. Amen. Don't you yield to the lies of the enemy. Don't you yield to the mental attack. Amen. Don't you buy in uh, to the uh, manipulation and the wiles of the enemy, that scheming, plotting. Don't you give in to the devices, that mental head trips that the enemy tries to put on you. Don't you dare. You put on the armor, praise God, and you, you, know, you stick that sword right up his nose, praise God, and let him know who's boss, praise God. This is how this thing works. Now, I hope you got something today. Again, praise God, just another way of just kind of coming at this thing about taking authority and dominion over our enemy, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory once again for the word. Thank you so much for these uh, truths that we heard today, that we had an ear to hear and a heart to receive, opening the eyes of our understanding. And for this, we give you the praise and the glory for it in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.